Shalom, shalom lekulam. Hello, everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm cringing at that intro, but I feel like I have to keep it in. I hope you're laughing right now. Uh, hello, everyone. So happy to be here. Welcome to another episode of That's So Quetch, where we talk about dating, Torah, and everything in between. Do I have an episode for you today? I'm really excited to talk about uh, my personal lech lecha and you know, how I've been adjusting. I moved to Israel. Surprise, surprise. It happened. It actually happened. And I'm here. And I'm really excited to share like random little adventures that I've had. Initially, I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to be embarrassed. Like I'm going to look like a fool when I record this episode. But now that I've written out some of the notes, I'm like, okay, like this is funny. This is fine. Like anyone who's moved to a new country can relate to this and hopefully like can get a laugh. And I just feel like, as you know, Life is short. We got to laugh and just like not take ourselves so seriously. And then also I'm super blessed that with my new classes at Pardes, I have some really great stories for you and just some food for thought. Um, And so, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you're interested in what it's like to adjust to a new country or, um, you know, a little story about a fame fatale, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, from a class that I'm taking called Talmudic Heroines, which is literally like the podcast to a T. Anyways, yeah, so back to the agenda of the podcast. Personal lechacha. I moved to Israel. I wanted to share some little adjustments and big adjustments. I made a desk. Um, that was great. The saga of like trying to get a desk was impossible because I went online and they were like, websites and just like everything is confusing everything's in hebrew there's like no amazon like i've been very specific about wanting this papasan chair which you can look it up it's like an egg chair that i had in my house and i really want to have it in my room um and it's like something that you would just easily be able to find and order somewhere uh but here it's like okay maybe there's like maybe one in tel aviv you have to message the person in in hebrew and then like discuss with them and try to figure out if they still have it and like there's no website that you can order like you can't order ikea to deliver to your house you have to go there ikea doesn't have focus on speaking with bottom line is finally find a website friend told me about i'm like about to order and then you need an israeli bank card so i'm like oh my god i don't have one yet whatever um so whatever i make this plan with a friend that like she'll give me her bank card or stuff like that anyways bottom line i didn't get the desk thing taken care of i was like just really burnt out i went to this evening to go to Max Stock, which is like a store that's like a big, it's kind of like Jack's if anyone hears from New York and like knows that dollar store. I walk in, I'm like, whatever, at least I'll get the other things like desk I'll deal with later. And I walk in and like this store, it does have a little bit of furniture, like in the front. It's mainly a store of like cheap knickknacks and like kind of like everything you need sort of store, like a stupor store. But in the beginning, in the front of it, there's like furniture and there's this one desk as I enter that's like 200 shekels, which is like 60 bucks American dollars. And it's actually like not a bad desk. Like it's pretty cute. And I'm like, I'm buying that desk. That's the desk I'm going to have. And I go and buy the other things. I go to the end and like get the desk and then I Uber it home. Um, I get it home because that's because it's far and it was heavy. But And then I built it and it was just like one of those, that was like a moment where I was like, I'm proud of myself. Like I couldn't figure something out. It was stressful. And I like figured it out and I made it happen. And like day three out of quarantine, I have a desk and that felt really good. 
So that's just one accomplishment I wanted to share. Um, in other news, everything is just different here. Like I said a million times, like for example, grocery stores are kind of like museums. Like every food is just, there's just so much to see and everything is so new and nothing is like what it was. And like, there's tons of different types of yogurts and like tons of different types of feta, tons of different types of hummus. Like in American stores, you have like a hummus section, you have like one or two. And here it's like, how, like, I don't even know, just like a whole line of hummuses. And also like everything is kosher. So it's kind of a game changer. Like, and it's funny cause like I've been to Israel before. So like you might listen to this and be like, how did you not know this? Like, you know that Israel has a lot of kosher food. You know that Israel has a lot of feta and a lot of hummus, but like, it's different, I think, when you're when you're coming somewhere to move because you're, like, really wanting to be, like, okay, well, this is my home. I need to get used to this. And I'm not, like, just coming and leaving and trying to just get food to go or whatever. Like, I want to know that, like, this store has the feta that I like. So I'm just, like, looking at everything with in new eyes. Every little thing that I try to do is, like, okay, get on the website. Translate it to English. Try to figure it out. Like, there's a gym nearby that I found out has Zumba, which is so exciting because um, I used to go to this gym in the Heights called Lucille Roberts that I loved and went to Zumba a lot. And then it closed during the pandemic and I haven't been able to like go to formal gym classes in so long. And like my sisters both love Orange Theory. If they're listening to this, they know I'm not as into it, but like I wasn't willing to pay for something like that, nor do I like it. So there's just like not really so many avenues for like a gym that had classes in the heights and I'm just excited but I couldn't figure out the website everything's in military time I'm like do you what do you have to pay for so I asked my roommate if she could help me figure it out um so just some little adjustments and some big adjustments was dealing with quarantine was not fun definitely made me feel like I was an anti-social person towards there were some good things because I was like chilling and kind of like relaxing a little bit and just focusing on like I could just like really be slow I don't even know what I did like I don't I was jet lagged I it's very confusing I think I just like whatsapped a lot but I also like worked on some commissions and um it was like really was very active on my on my fake Instagram that like some I have a few close friends on just like sharing random tidbits and and a lot so (laughs) that's been fun um yeah I don't even know man but Thank God I got out of that. Towards the end, I was like, is this who I am? Like, am I just like a antisocial person who just like stays at home and doesn't really go places and like doesn't take my phone places? Like, it got to me. And then I got my COVID test and then I got out early and I ran straight to class and I was like very embarrassing and ran in and I was like, hello everyone, I just got out of quarantine. I'm so sorry and they were like who are you and I'm like I'm new I came here like two weeks ago and this program has going on sorry to give some context I'm studying at Pardes part-time for those of you who don't know which is a non-denominational learning institute where like there's a lot of different programs happening at once there like actually it's not just like learning program there's like an educators program and like a rabbi's program so like a lot of people are like there to kind of complete requirements for whatever they're doing or they're like there for other reasons in my case i'm at pardes because i wanted a space to be able to acclimate to israel and i want to move here so that's like my main reason and also like i feel like torah is such a big part of my life and i just like have a strong feeling that like there's something 
there for me in terms of like community building or being an experiential educator like I'm very much thinking about like where I want to go next and what I want to do um if that is anything and then I'm also working part-time at Hadar which has been great and I'm really grateful for that um yes other things I've written here being foreign just in general like not knowing anything and Hebrew like I really it really hits you like you want to try to talk to people you want to try to ask them questions like words that I never really thought I had to say like I I need to figure out and Google Translate has really been my best friend um and then another one is just being so far away from home like I I really miss my family and I try not to think about it like I like I just try to text people and be what you know whatever it is and then the time zone is hard too because I wake up and everyone's asleep and then at 2 p.m everyone kind of like wakes up um but like I don't get to live the whole day with everyone because like I go to sleep when it's like 5 p.m or 6 p.m for everyone and so like I never really get to experience the evening with my American friends and that's hard for me so I think I'm just gonna adjust to it like the more I have a life here but like it's definitely a loss and I feel that, but I, what's really been carrying me through like all of these adjustments is that I've had this desire for so many years and like to that end, I also feel like I like had a hard time because it was building for so long. Like it was like about to burst. Like when I was at the end, like this past year in America, I was just like really happy and actually building beautiful memories, but I was still like, I really want to be in Israel and now that like I'm here I just very much feel like I'm living the embodied life that like I wanted to live and it feels really good to have like acted on something and like when I look outside and or like walk around I'm just like I'm damn it like I'm in Jerusalem like this is exactly where I wanted to be and I finally did it and that feels really good and I'm really excited to be here and like being in a new place, especially like during this time when travel is not a thing, like I, I feel like I get to have like a little taste of vacation, but at the same time, because like I'm moving here, the pace is like much slower than any time that I've ever been here for a trip because I have like day-to-day things I need to do. Like I don't need to rush to go do something touristy because like I have other things to do or like I'm, I'm, li- I'm going to hopefully live here. So I'm just like trying to acclimate and just you know I can relax and like I know that there will be time to do all those things that I want to do um and it's also very comforting to have all my things here like definitely makes a difference like when I'm just having like casual evenings like I am in my regular bed with all my regular things and my clothes and you know everything's here there's sometimes when you're on vacation where you're like oh I forgot that outfit I forgot this or like you don't feel like you're really in your space until you get home and this is home and I feel that. So like there are moments day to day where I'm really just chilling, um, which is cool. I really have been loving my classes at Pardes and I've really been enjoying working at Hadar and it's kind of cool to like feel out the life of like doing two different things and like day to day things are different. I think it like keeps my mind busy in a way that I really like. So. And also learning, it just, it feels so good to learn and just sit somewhere and learn and ask questions and meet people. Like it really feels like a blessing and kind of a luxury to be able to do.
um, especially in my case because it's not like I'm necessarily planning on being a rabbi, but I'm interested in following the next step and being open while I'm on this journey and seeing what comes. Anyways, I wanted to end off this portion of the episode by talking about the universal languages that I have experienced in this time. And sometimes everything in this country feels really confusing. I'm just like, I don't know anything. It's so damn foreign. But then I have these other moments where things are remarkably familiar. Like the other day I was just making dinner. I was making a curry and I was listening to a podcast. And funny story about the curry, short aside, I went to the grocery store. I was very excited. I was like looking at the spices. Finally, I caught some English and I was like, oh, that's the curry powder. I knew it. it. Smells like curry powder. Let me get it. Put it in my car. Go home. Two days later, making the curry. Put it in. Something is fishy. It doesn't smell like curry. Um, and then I taste it and I'm like, oh my God. And I read the Hebrew and it says Amba. And I've heard of Amba before, but I look it up. Like Amba is not curry powder. It's literally a sour, tangy curry that that you can only, and I looked up amba curry because I was like, maybe that's a thing. There's only mango curries and mine had zucchinis and, and chickpeas. Needless to say, Israelis labeled their curry incorrectly and I want to just, you know, put that out in the world. Um, but yeah, so reg- regular normal night, making dinner, listening to podcasts. And I just look outside, I'm like, oh, like whatever, casual, I'm in Jerusalem. Um but yeah, other things like to pay $5 to get a cart at a store, there's like a little kiosk on it. You put in a $5 coin, you can just like get a cart. Um, there's no band-aids when you get a shot, like at the airport when I got my serological test, which tests for antibodies, or when I arrived and got my booster, no, no band-aids, not a thing here. Um, but then I go to a grocery store and I just see like the things I know and love, like there, there's like a zucchini, for example, and then I'm just eating it and I'm, or chickpeas. I'm like, this is great. Even if a chickpea comes from a milk carton, which they do here, but at least in the grocery store where I went to, but I'm like, then I open it and I'm like, kind of tastes like a chickpea, tastes a little different, but also like, this is a chickpea and I'm home because chickpeas and all worlds are the same. And I swear guys, I think I'm like a fourth chickpea at this point. I'm very like chickpea based, <laughs> so to speak. Um, So yeah, like that's one universal language is like food. Another one is plants. I go to the store. I'm like, okay, here I go. Here, I got my Google Translate. Let's go. Let's get some plants. And then I go there and I see the same plants that I had in my house at home. Like some of them look a little different, maybe like a little greener on the edges. But I'm like, oh, there's the wandering Jew. We had this plant in my old apartment called the wandering Jew because basically the leaves go like in all different directions. And we engaged in discussions about whether or not it was anti-Semitic. Um, we, you know, we, we have not come to a conclusion yet. And then there's also like the fiddle fig leaf. And I'm like, look, these are all the plants, succulents. They're all here. And then I just had this moment where I was like, wow, there are just certain things in life that really transcend language, like art and music and even body language. Like I had a conversation with a driver when I was coming back from the COVID test. I know it sounds like everywhere I go, I'm getting cab drivers. It's not true. I took a bus, but like it was, you have to get a, you have to take a get to get your COVID test to get out of quarantine. So now I'm not just like cabbing back and forth. I'm not wealthy anyways. Um, <laughs> and you know, we talked about things and together, like 
you know, I spoke in English and he spoke in Hebrew and we switched off languages and practiced with each other. And his English was actually pretty good, but he taught me some words and kind of corrected me and taught me how to say certain things. But like, we really were able to communicate. And I just found that like our communication was, yes, it was through our language, but it was also through our intonations and our attitudes towards each other. And just the way we were expressing ourselves. And I feel like that's really where the conversation happened. So yeah, I just feel like I'm gonna keep looking out for like moments where like there's a universal language. And today, this morning when I went on a run, I like looked up at, you know, some of the like street art that was around and there was like the street art of a shook. And I was like, someone who's Israeli and doesn't know English at all will like look at that same piece of art and think, oh, wow, like, that's a beautiful piece of art of people at the Shook. And, like, we will both have the exact same understanding of that piece, despite the fact that we could not communicate with each other. Anyways, I spelled it out, but I just think it's really cool. And I hope that you guys think that, too. And we're going to quickly segue into the story that I learned that I'm very excited to share because it's pretty crazy um, in my Talmudic heroines class. And it must be mentioned that Gila Fine is the teacher. And if any of you guys know her, she's amazing. And you should check her out because her class is just so great so far. And like also really fun. And I'm just excited because she brings in um, these archetypes like the Femme Fatale, the Prima Donna, um, what other ones, the Shrew. And we're going to keep going through these different archetypes and the way she breaks it down with sources from other places that like really dive into different types of prima donnas throughout history and how they've changed and so we ha I haven't been there in class for like when we go over things and really dive into it I've only heard from like a classmate of mine but I'm really excited for when we do do that so today's story is about Homa who is the fame fatale and just to give a little bit more context about like what this character of the fame fatale is the fame fatale, or I need to find out if I'm pronouncing this correctly. I'll be right back. Anyways, I don't know what I've been saying so far, but I just looked it up and it's femme fatale. So whatever, let's, you know, I'm not going to go back and edit every time I said it wrong, but I hope that if you knew all this time that you were having a good time and laughing at me continuously pronouncing it incorrectly. So the femme fatale is very, she's a woman who's very sexual. She leads men astray. She's very exotic. She can be sometimes manipulative and sexually aggressive and like the men who fall for her are helpless and they just like can't help but like go for her. And then sometimes there's this character of like the doting wife that is also in their life that's very innocent, but like this femme fatale is never that person. Like this person's always like the unattainable, mysterious, beautiful, sexual being. So that's just like to give some context about what the femme fatale is. Um, so I'm gonna share the story and then I'm also gonna share some context that is like necessary to understand with the story. So first of all, there's this character Homa and then there's her husband Abaye. So this is how the story goes. It's a paragraph and then I'll go into detail. Homa, Abaye's wife, came to Raba and asked him, grant me an allowance of board and he granted her the allowance. So to give some context, um, Abaye was the head of the best yeshiva nearby. That's just something to know about him. And he was friends with Rabba. And basically the way it worked is 
if your husband died, you were women because they had nothing were able to like be given a stipend by someone else. And in this case, the stipend which needed to be given by Rabba, who was a bias Havruta. And so he's supposed to give her money. Also, Rabba happened to be the head of the Beit Din, so that's also something to know. Um, anyways, so she goes and says, hey, like, my husband died, so, like, you owe me this money. And she goes, and also another thing is that it kind of works like unemployment. Like, if you needed, if you used to have, like, if you used to drink a ton of wine with your husband, then, like, your allowance when they die has to be, like, that amount of wine. And so on with like money and things like that so she goes grant me again like she demands an allowance of wine i know he said to her and then he goes to her i know that nahmani which is his nickname for abaye it's kind of like his pet name because they were friends he's like i know that my nahmani did not drink wine and then she replies to him by the life of the master that he gave me to drink from horns like this. So she's saying back to him, actually, we used to drink a ton of wine from these big horns that we used to drink from. And she's showing it to him. So the next line goes, as she was showing it to him, her arm was uncovered and a light shone upon the court. So a little bit of her arm was exposed. Rabba rose, went home and solicited Rab Hista's daughter. And fun thing I learned also is that Rav Hista's daughter um, is a woman that is just never named. Like, she's known as Rav Hista's daughter. And apparently there's, like, a book called Rav Hista's Daughter all about, like, women who aren't named and just, like, about this whole thing. So you're understanding. We're all understanding this story correctly. Rabba goes home and basically he gets aroused and he goes home to have sex with his wife because he sees... Homa's like little skin and gets like very turned on and just like runs home and has to like deal with his sexual urge. So Rob his daughter says to him, who has been today at the court? Cause she's like, you're really like all of a sudden being really sexual with me. And like, I'm not used to this. And I'm curious as to like what changed today that you literally had to run home midday to have sex with me. And then, so she's like, so was someone new at the court today, like, that made you feel this way? Um, and he's, he replies to her, Homa, the wife of Abaye. And so, obviously, she puts together what happened. She's like, you saw her, got turned on, and wanted to come home to me. Um, so what does this Rav Hizda's daughter do? She follows Homa, and she strikes her with the straps of a chest until she chased her out all of Mehuza, the city that they were living in and she says to her you have already killed three and now you come to kill another to give more context why does she say like oh you're gonna come kill another what does this mean basically there's this concept of a black widow and isha katloni that after a widow has three husbands died you're considered this like black widow because like all of your husbands keep dying and that's what that's what Rav Hizda's daughter was like being so angry about. But a really interesting side fact is that there's a midrash that actually the wife, Rav Hizda's daughter, also becomes a black widow later on. So it's kind of ironic and interesting. And that's just a fun fact. And that's the story, guys. Like, 
pretty crazy. Like this dude just had to run home to satisfy his sexual urges. And the teacher talked about, and I wasn't here for this class, but how like men at this time were really concerned with women not being able to control their desires when they're drunk. But like, if you look at the story, you see that he couldn't control his desires either. And kind of just like went to have sex when he urged for it. And like the telling women that they can't control themselves, but then like not being able to control himself is like an interesting hypocrisy to point out. Um, there were two projections in the story. The first one from Rav Hizda's daughter because she chased Homa. But she also had issues, as I mentioned, that she was an Isha Katlonit. Um, and then also Rava, who's like afraid of being linked to seduction and wine, yet he's the one who has issues controlling his sexual desires and yeah that's just something I learned I you know me I love a good scandalous story and we are left to wonder and something I thought about at the end of this story is was the main character like who's she like I feel like we don't know enough about Homa and like supposedly she's like this fame fatale because right like her skin was showing and like he was super seduced by it but like also like, we really don't know much about her except for the fact that she wants wine. So I'm curious to learn more about her and whether or not, you know, maybe she was also into Raba because, like, now she's single. So maybe she's ready to mingle, but it's unclear. And, yeah, that's the story that I'm going to share. I also am, I know we've been here for a while, but I'm going to share one more thing that I learned that I thought was interesting and also just to pose a question for you. Um... I'm also in Hasidut, which is like teachings of different Hasidic masters and things like that. And it's with this awesome rabbi named Rab Levy Cooper. Um, and just one thing we were talking a lot about is like where our faith comes from. Does it come from the heart or does it come from the mind? And we went through a couple different iterations of like criticisms about why just having a love for God from the heart is is bad because like you're not being grounded in something real but then like if you only have the mind like you're never going to love God in the same way and one of his takeaway questions for us and something I've thought about we like I feel like I th- thought about in dating is like do you need in order to fall in love what do you need more of the mind or the heart like I think this is kind of where I want to end off this episode to ask you guys that question like I know that in the past I have led a lot with my heart and my experiences and have thought about how like maybe if I led with my mind more I would like have better dating experiences or like more right dating experiences but like at the same time sometimes you can't really control who you're gonna fall in love with and like I feel like when we are dating people we're kind of constantly battling the mind and the heart because we're like I really want to like you but also like this doesn't really make sense or vice versa. Like everything makes sense on paper, but like, I don't really like you um, because we just don't have that spark. So it's just something that's interesting to reflect on is like, how do you fit in the spectrum of like mind and heart? And also like, if you fall on a certain spectrum, and I, I certainly think I've fallen a lot on the heart spectrum and haven't listened to my mind. Like what, what is there to say about potentially moving to the other side of the spectrum and maybe start dating from a different perspective and think about how that might change things. And then lastly, and if 
you all are friends with me or want to have a conversation with me about this, please DM me on Instagram at Rebecca K Draws or however, if you know me, just like WhatsApp me. And I'm curious if you think whether or not dating, first of all, should dating be more from the mind or the heart? And also like in your experience, do you think that you date from the mind or the heart more? And then basically my ultimate question is like, what do you think is more important when you are dating, when you're focusing, when you're trying to make decisions? Like, is it more important that you focus on the heart or more focused on the mind? And like, at what point, at what rate do you decide which one you focus? I hope that question made sense. Um, I wanted to bless you all, as I always do at the end of the episodes, with a blessing and acclimating to transitions when whether you are transitioning in a small capacity or a larger capacity I know that there's been a significant shift for a lot of people in their lives right now I just hope that it goes smoothly and that you arise to every challenge and give yourself a break when you need it and remember to take care of yourself when you're feeling burnt out and Be patient with yourself and kind with yourself. And I hope that if you are listening to this before the weekend, in my mind, people are always listening to this on like Fridays, but I don't actually know when people listen. I just hope you have a good rest of your day, a good rest of your weekend and a meaningful and valuable time with friends and hug your friends because you never know when you're going to leave the country, (laughs) leave all of them. So, you know, just stay present and... I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you next time.